Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. Um, <clears throat> this week, not going to really taste any whiskey. Just going to be me uh, talking. I'm a little bit, I've been a little bit sick for the past few weeks. So I haven't done a whole lot of podcasting, a lot of coughing. Um, <clears throat> no COVID, though. Cross my fingers. Um, but one thing I've been wanting to talk about a lot recently uh, has probably been a hot topic amongst a lot of uh, whiskey enthusiasts, especially probably older people that have been in it for a long time who grew grew up. None of us grew up with this. Well, not me, at least. Um, I came into it when uh, Pappy had just like become a thing where it was not on the shelf anymore and it was hard to find. He had to pay for it. It's steadily gotten more and higher, and secondary market has steadily driven things up. Um, and I'm not a secondary market hater. Um, I'm not a. I'm not a making money hater. But one of the things that I've noticed more recently than before um, is the rising prices for retail items. And I had a I had an opportunity to, to discuss uh, with my buddy Ed today of uh, rising tides a little bit, and he gave me a perspective from the NDP avenue or uh, John Row, however you want to say it. And basically, what he says is, you know, <clears throat> we were lucky enough to be into it back in the day, so now we can sell things to buy new things that may be more expensive. And would normally be out of our uh, price range to just buy. He's coming out with a new product. Uh, his first release of Old Stubborn, um, which some of y'all, whoever's familiar with Ed, know. Anything he puts out has old in it. Um, old Baldy, Bald Monk, uh, Bald, uh, what was the other thing he put out? It was Old Baldy 1 and 2. And there was something else he did, too. And then Bald Monkey was a part of. Everything has something to do with bald or old. But anyway, <clears throat> this is Ed's first endeavor coming out of the block strong with a, uh, a 10, 11, and 12 or 10, 11, 13-year-old pot still weeded bourbon uh, from a unknown distillery. He wouldn't even tell me what it is. Uh, but I have tried samples of the original single barrels. It's... Funky. It's just like what you would expect from Ed. If you know Ed, he loves the old dusty funk stuff, and that's what it's got. Great. And then he told me the price. I'm not going to relay it here because it's not coming out for a few more weeks. Um, be on the lookout for it. Old Stubborn, cool. Two bottle. I'm going to get one, and I don't know that I've ever spent this much money on a bottle of whiskey. Um, actually, I know I haven't. And uh, I'm selling a couple things in order to pay for it. Whatever. But his point was, we were lucky enough to get into it to now we can sell things to buy new things. My point to him is, that's true, but eventually these things are going to run out, and then I'm just going to be stuck with drinking things that I pick, which is not stuck, but, you know, that's I don't have any variety. I'm going to have mostly MGP or whatever I pick, which is fine. It's not, it's not like it's, I'm going to, you know not have anything good to drink, but I've always been somebody who likes to try the new 
things. Like when Russell's 13 or 15 came out, Russell's Reserve, and it was 80 bucks. I got one of those. Awesome. It was a great value, delicious. Everybody started selling in the secondary market. Wild Turkey got, saw that, and then they've raised the prices steadily to a point where it's not even rational. I can't rationalize myself opening a bottle of it because I can't, that's $300 out of my family fund or my bourbon fund or my wallet for a bottle of whiskey. Doesn't make sense. So <clears throat> what I'm thought, what I'm, what I'm brought to now is I'm torn. I've got Ed talking about him and him being a small NDP and I understand he's got to make money on his end because he's got to source barrels from other people and they've got to meet his standards and then he's got to package it. He's got to bottle it. He's got to sell it at a price where he can afford to buy more barrels to put out other things. Makes sense. I understand where the small, the small NDPs or the upstarts that don't have their own product they're of the right age to sell need to <clears throat> charge an arm and a leg for stuff or at least an arm. So I, don't, I get it. I mean it. Oh, Louisville love the dude. He's high. His prices are high. He's got great whiskey, amazing experience, but you're going to spend more money than you. I would like to personally, but I'm cheap to a certain extent. And my main thought has been recently mainly on uh, Four Roses barrels. Four Roses four years ago used to get a bottle for Four Roses single barrel, pick 60 bucks. Great value. Obviously, they needed to raise prices with the times. Makes sense. What do you do? <clears throat> Go to $90. Okay. Then you almost immediately go to 110. And now I'm hearing whispers they might go to 120. And now you're doing that for an eight-year-old barrel, eight, nine-year-old barrel, generally speaking, because as they've as they put out more, put out raised prices, the age has gone down. And as you raise price and age going down, there's sort of a there's a there's a happy medium there. I think $90 is probably a happy medium for me. 110 is way pushing it unless I know who's picking it 120 I'm out and I don't care. It's just $10. I just can't do it. My, my brain won't allow it. And then you have wild Turkey generations, $500. And I understand it's older juice coming from, and I know people hate the word juice, coming from wild turkey but in the same thing it's like it's still insane to charge $500 when I got into whiskey <clears throat> one of the main reasons I got into whiskey was for the camaraderie the sharing the um, it wasn't for the cheapness because I'm a vodka drinker from, <laughs> from get go and I used to buy $10 Burnett's but and first, when I started drinking this, $75 for a bottle was nuts. Now it's just commonplace. But I just can't, I can't wrap my head around why we need to keep raising these prices. And I realize that the distillery see the money going 
to the secondary market, to people that are buying them and reselling them. And I understand that to a certain extent, but my issue with that is not only are you cutting out that person, you're cutting out the person that is the ordinary Joe, the person that's making enough to afford decent price whiskey, but not super premium whiskey. You're cutting out everybody in that middle round to now you're just catering to the ultra, the people that have the money, the not ultra rich. Cause I know people that spend money that aren't ultra rich, but the people that have a ton of disposable income, that's not me. And that's not most people that would actually drink it and not just buy it and set it on the shelf. I know people that drink it. I'm not saying everybody do does that. But it shouldn't be a uh, trophy to put up on your shelf to show people when they come in. It should be something you share with people. And as a person who has a limited amount of disposable income, it's gotten stupid. And I, I don't care. I love Mandy for Roses. I've been there and done multiple picks. It's an amazing experience. I'd love to go back every year. But I think at some point, some of these stores are going to stop doing the picks. And maybe that's what Four Roses wants. And there's going to be some point when it's not selling out like it is now. I mean, it's tough for people to do it now. Almond just did one $110 and a pour, and people were bitching about it. It took them a week to sell it. And it used to take them an hour. Maybe that's what Four Roses wants. I don't know. All I know is from a common, a common man, <laughs> a common man who has a podcast about bourbon that's done 200 plus episodes, it's gotten outlandish for me. I can't rationalize paying $120 for a barrel, a single barrel for roses <coughs> that I didn't pick. Now, if I go and pick it, I'll buy a bottle or two of it. I can make sense in my mind to do it at that point because I know what it tastes like. I don't. I'm not taking a chance on a single barrel that a bunch of Jimmy's and Joe's went and picked. Maybe not aren't the greatest. I've seen some of the pick teams on the pages, so I know. Um, my issue, my real issue, is with the heritage distilleries who are trying to close the gap between them and secondary, since secondary has been driving the love of bourbon for so long and the the lust for bourbon for so long. I just don't, you're making money hand over fist already. Do you need to charge $500 for this bottle of whiskey? The same whiskey that you put out four years ago or three years ago for $150 a bottle. It's not much different. It's not costing you much more to have it in the barrel in, in the rickhouse for the large distilleries and the small distilleries. I understand there's a little bit of, I mean, there's cost to it. There's the largest distilleries have been doing it for years. They have the production, they have the juice, they have the grain, they have this, they have everything they need. They don't need to charge crazy prices for this whiskey. It's unbelievable. $500 for this wild turkey generations, which I'm sure is delicious. 
Not taking anything away from it. It's probably fantastic. But $500 is not something a normal nine to five guy can buy. Whiskey, bourbon was known as a popper's drink back in the day. You were almost thought of as a bum to drink bourbon. Now it's an aficionado's drink. It's, I understand that that's the classification has jumped up, but at the same time, you are cutting off the legs of at least 50% of the people that would love to buy and drink this whiskey. They can't do it anymore. As I sit here and drink four roses barrels that I bought four years ago for $60 a bottle and enjoy, I'm going to run out of these very soon because I'm not paying $120 a bottle. I'm not paying $110 a bottle. Excuse me. My throat is very dry. It's just crazy. I will get Buffalo Trace. They're just due. They have come out with a lot of crazy shit to extend lines of whiskeys. The Daniel Weller is insane. But their B-Tag, their Pappy, all that stuff is not. It's went up in price, but it hasn't gone up exponentially. It hasn't gone crazy. That's the one Heritage Distillery I could say is actually price-wise okay for most of their stuff. Um, and secondary is crazy for most of them. I mean, Bland's, that's why you asked me for a bottle of Bland's the other day. I mean, 70 bucks isn't bad, but back in the day, it was like 50 I mean, that's... much as this podcast has become uh, sporadic, my buying of whiskey that isn't picked by me has become sporadic as well because I just can't rationalize paying money for things that doesn't make sense for. 1792 foolproofs. $50 all day, every day. Is it Going to knock your socks off? No. But it is a damn good whiskey for that price. All right. Rant over. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just cut it off and say we need to really stop and think. At some point, hopefully, this bubble bursts and everything comes back down to a reasonable price. Because shit's getting out of hand. And you can't look at wild turkey and say that that's a value. And that's a uh, upper. That's a 1%. Only the top 1% could buy this and drink it. We've gotten to a place that's wrong. In bourbon. All right. Until next time, enjoy your pours and enjoy your family.